Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Guys, today's episode of the What Fresh Health podcast is brought to you by Primary. Primary clothes for babies and kids are simple, quality basics. There's no logos, no slogans, no sequins, just super soft, colorful clothes, and everything is under $25. And right now, What Fresh Health listeners get 20% off their first order. Amy, what is 20% off of $25? It's $5 off. That would have taken me eight years to figure <laughs> out. Hold that. Uh, so go use our code at bit.ly forward slash primary fresh. I like that so much. I'm going to say it again. That's bit.ly slash primary fresh. Go shopping, guys. The easiest thing to do when you have a baby, and we've all done it, is to project a lot of agenda onto the baby. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. When you're in it, you feel like this will never change. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Is your bedtime routine brush book bed? A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. It's lights out and there's no more talking. It's non-negotiable. Welcome to episode 31 of the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about bedtime routines. I am sort of a, a bedtime sergeant and I and I always have been. <laughs> that is not surprising. No. Shocker. But I never really understood the people who who like sort of let their kids stay up until whenever and everybody's up at 11.15. Like what's in it for you as a parent? No, I mean, I have a feeling we're going to have a ton of overlap on this topic, <laughs> unlike usual, because... That is the thing. Like if I, especially when I had three little ones, I had three under four. I had three in diapers. And the idea that there wouldn't be an end to my day. Like we went away when we had, I think just one baby with some friends and they had a toddler who stayed awake until two o'clock in the morning. Like finally at one, I was like, I got to go to bed. And the toddler was still up. And I mean, up like running through the house, Level 10 toddler at 2 a.m. And I just thought, this is my idea of hell. You know, my friend's father, who was a larger-than-life figure in every sense of the word, used to tell his kids when there were boys in college to get to bed, and he'd say, 
boys, nothing good happens after 1 a.m. In other words, <laughs> time to leave the bar. So certainly if you're a toddler, then nothing good happens nothing after 1 a.m. Nothing good's happen. Let's be clear. When you're a toddler, nothing good happens after 7.30 p.m. And, and and I would argue, so that kid must have been a real pleasure to be around all day. I mean, when Yeah, I mean, that's two. the other thing. A toddler generally up at 7 a.m., no matter what time they go to bed. I mean, it's not like... I read something about Celine Dion that she's in a, you know, she does this show in Las Vegas. And when she had a kid or kids, I don't know what her kid situation is, but that she kept her kids on her schedule. Like basically they would stay up until two o'clock in the morning or whenever she was done with the show. And then they would have a meal together or something. Then they would all go to bed and sleep until noon. And then they had, I guess, tutors and go to regular school or whatever. And I thought, I mean, if you want to flip the script and 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 reverse the entire clock that maybe that works as long as but you would have to have them sleep in some sort of sealed in walled off sun free area <laughs> right but none of us are Celine Dion is what I'm saying I guess no. so and 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 we're better off so you can do what works for you but you have there has to be a system you can find a system that works for you and if and if you you know, work really long hours and you never see your kid and you want to let him stay up until 11 and, and can figure out how he will then sleep until 11, then kudos. Make it work. Caduce it to work. you. But yeah, but TM, not- team gone. Make it work. Yeah. <laughs> but taking those real outlier situations out, we're just going to come down very early on the side of get your kid to sleep. See, kids who are chronically underrested, and we all know a few, are impossible. They're impossible during the day and they're impossible at night because uh, less sleep leads to more fractured sleep and it, and it affects the sleep quality, I've, uh, mm. I've discovered in my research. This is, the, this is the kind of bummer of the whole thing. It's a little bit of a cycle. It's like everything. It's like you get it wrong and it just gets wronger. It doesn't get better. It doesn't, it doesn't heal itself. And I mean, I know for myself that I'm a person who needs a tremendous amount of sleep. My husband gets by usually on about six hours of sleep a night. If I get less than eight hours of sleep, I cannot function. I need a lot of sleep. Yeah, I need seven, but eight is better. Oh, a seven? I'm tired all day. I'm just tired all day. Jennifer Aniston, she was she was saying in some interview I was reading. She's a, kind of coming in from left field. I was not expecting a Jennifer Aniston appearance. You know, Jennifer Aniston says. <laughs> okay. She was like, and, you know, I need eight hours of sleep and nine is better. I prioritize my sleep. And I just wanted to like slap her because of course, right? Like, of course, oh my that, God, that's team, really possible for you. I've Jennifer said Aniston. this before and I'll say it again. Team Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> but that's how right. I am. I need eight and I try to get nine. But I've just gotten to a phase of my life where I get in bed at 9.30 at night, read for half an hour, I'm asleep by 10, and then I can be up by 7. Well, I was thinking, I mean, this is this episode is supposed to be kind of about our kids' bedtime routines and not <laughs> exactly. our own. But as I was looking at this, because I'm sort of breaking it down by age, I'm like, well, these are good ideas for me, too. So I think we should kind of go through each sort of age ages and stages, what works and what doesn't work, and maybe we'll find some tips for, for ourselves. Hit me. Okay. Well, let's start with babies. Oh, babies. Babies. You oh, can, babies. You can How we don't miss having them. Inf- infants, You. it's good to be on a schedule. You can definitely start too soon, as I did with my oldest. Did you ever, do you remember this book called Baby Wise? It was, it was. Oh, big, yes. Was Baby Wise. 15 years ago. It might still be yep. around. And, and people either think it's the most important, crucial thing you must do for your child or that the author is a Christian cult. Maven, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Not to be trusted at all costs. Yeah, yeah. She's got a like quiverful thing going it's a on. Guy, it's a guy. Yeah. And yeah, sort yeah. Of, yeah. And it's a little bit. Yeah. So you read the book and you're immediately like, he's, you know, uh, talking about don't spare the rod and all that. It's a little, Ooh, it's a little intense. Like, 
Uh-oh. But you do listen to whoever tells you. Um, we, you know, we had friends with kids like two years older who like, you know, packaged us this book with the ribbon around it, do this and your children will be perfect. And it did work for them. But it, it was this whole idea that you're supposed to wake your baby every three hours and not let them sleep. And then they, it just it just was this intense military precision being imposed upon like a three week old baby that you're supposed to let them cry. And I'm sure there are attachment parenting people right now gasping yeah. but it was it was it was loco and it didn't work for us at all because connor also had reflux so he was an incredibly fussy baby and just a difficult baby and then i was waking him when he was asleep and i i remember the looks in my my mother and my mother-in-law's eyes oh, when yeah. it would be two in the morning and i'd be like why didn't they take a turn with the baby right and then it would be two in the why morning. didn't you wake him why on the you schedule wake him right i'm upstairs i woke up at two and you're supposed to be waking him and they'd be like okay like i'll do it but what is what is she talking what is about? wrong with you yeah it started too soon so, you can so i'm gonna soon. go back to my favorite rule the 1000 year test so if you find yourself doing things that people have not been doing for a thousand years you're probably misguided yeah and waking babies every three hours it just feels to me like it doesn't pass the thousand year roll yes Yes. um i will say i have a sister-in-law who is mentioned very often on this podcast because she's kind of my parenting guru and she really helped me with my babies especially and all of my babies slept through the night at 10 weeks oh stop it i hate you really i know but i i I don't think you should do anything with sleep with a baby before they're 10 pounds. That's until your baby is 10 pounds. You just feed them when they need it. You just do everything. Right. But after 10 pounds, the baby has enough heft on them to really sleep through the night. And I've, I've used this system on like seven other babies and no, I have not, I don't have a failure yet. Wow. The only time I have a failure is when I have a mom who's like, oh, my baby can't do that because fill in the blank of what makes their baby specialer than other babies. Um, but I do think with infant sleep, it's one of the many categories of things where you have to decide what's most important to you. And if what is most important to you is your baby sleeping through the night, there are many, many systems in order to achieve that. Okay. <laughs> I was the one who this was this was like the greatest source of feel badness I ever had because mm. all three of my kids well my first one like I said he was he had terrible reflux and so like all bets were off with that kid he was right. a nightmare um, but my other two didn't and yet still I mean they'd be like 10 months old they'd be 20 pounds and somebody say, oh she's sleeping through the night for you and I'd think like I'd say not really and they would it was always I would always felt so judged by it and I was focused on it but uh I feel like I think it it's the kind families. of thing I got a little crazy with the books and like oh I am going to get this right and I am going to do the system that works and I am going to have all the things that I'm going to be have the happiest baby on the block and da, 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 and I'm going to do everything exactly the way it's supposed to be done and um it made me too crazy, and looking back, I shouldn't have been that crazed about it, but uh, I think baby sleep, there's a ton of information out there, but part of it is the confidence to know. I mean, babies, all babies are different, and you can't speak in a blanket way, but once you have a 15-pound baby, that baby can sleep through the night. It's just a question of whether or not that is your number one priority, and for me, it was. 
I asked my sister this morning, told her I was going to be recording this. So my sister, who we also talk about a lot on this podcast, has four kids, oh, six God, and under. Her. All boys. Four little boys. Yeah. And so, and, and her, uh, her youngest is six months. So I texted her this morning, like, what, what age, what age is, is, is the baby sleeping through the night? And so he's sleeping through the night, you know, if you count. Also, what do you count sleeping through the night as? Right now he's going 10 to 5. And she's like, major victory sleeping through the night, which, which. You know, ten to five, I would count as sleeping. Okay, that counts. But I was asking her at what age, because the other thing I think is important for babies, or all everything that I was reading in the research suggests is that routines are very, very important for babies because. For for children who are he's six months old, her youngest. He's too young to understand what ten more minutes means, but he's old enough to understand. Oh, here comes the bath. Here comes mm-hmm. my cozy blanket. Here come these things that happen before before night night time. And I asked her, you know, when does she start that sort of stuff? And she said she thinks that she usually starts that around four months. And she said before that, I'm putting my babies in pajamas just so I feel like night and day are different. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like you can start that very early. Like, again, you can start it at 10 weeks. The idea that daytime, there's a lot of light, there's a lot of activities, you're going out and about, it's light outside, and nighttime is very dark and nothing happens. So there's no interaction that happens. Even if you have to feed the baby, if you have to change the baby, which I would argue against doing unless they pooped, you you just get them in the routine of daytime, fun, exciting, light, nighttime, completely quiet, nothing interesting happens, dark. Right. Super boring and and dark. You know, the I I used blackout shades and dark, dark rooms with my kids pretty early. And I think we have this whole idea because of the like baby we have to buy a hundred things machine that they need for you know elephant night lights in their room right and it has to be this and there has to be music and there has no there doesn't dark and quiet is is great it's good for their sleep and if you get them used to a dark room when they're six months they're not going to be afraid of the dark when they're four you you can you can um you know you can start that early and actually a dark room there are studies. I, I I'll put them on the uh, on the show page because I looked at them. That dark rooms, even for babies, do enhance the quality of sleep for all. For ages. sure. I mean, it just it, it it goes to like that lizard brain part of the baby that is saying, you know, you don't understand anything about anything, but you do understand light and active versus dark and boring. I mean, you just start enforcing that kind of stuff, and then, I mean, people's heads are exploding because they're like, I do all that, and my baby still wakes up, right. but. We're talking about overarching things that can really help. Right. It's a it's it's a it's a long-term process. And I would say to me the most important thing about baby sleep is the easiest thing to do when you have a baby and we've all done it is to project a lot of agenda onto the baby. <laughs> well, my baby wants. My baby will only do this. My baby only wants to eat this. My baby needs to feed at this and this time. I think projecting of agenda is the enemy to baby sleep. Right. Your baby probably does not have a strong agenda about why they are or are not waking up. And so if they wake up and you project the agenda, they're hungry and you feed them, they kind of get trained into eating at that time of night. Whereas if you make an attempt to soothe them back to sleep without feeding them, you're at least trying like, wait a minute, I bet I can stretch them. And if you can get them to stop taking a feeding, then they'll sleep longer. And again, if this is not your priority, ignore all of this advice because 
if your priority is I just want my baby to be comfortable, but I just, when I talk to people about sleep, a lot of what I hear is like, but my baby needs food, needs to be comforted. Like, just beware of projecting an entire world of thought onto your baby that probably doesn't exist. There was a, a study in Sleep magazine in 2009 that suggested a bit- <laughs> Not a subscriber, oddly. No, no. I, I, oh, yeah. I never, I never fail. Um, it said that a bedtime routine, just having one, uh, actually improves the quality of the infant's sleep. So, okay. So everybody wants their baby to be comforted and loved. Everybody also wants their, who doesn't want their infant to have better quality sleep than not like that? That would be nobody. A routine leads to better quality sleep. A routine also leads to better maternal mood. You don't <laughs> well, say. you just said a mouthful there, Amy. <laughs> Let me tell say. you, I got my eight hours last night and I'm positively giddy. Your maternal mood is, is my maternal mood the, is is black. thumbs up. Um, my, I, Life I, is a song. I am not so I'm not the best baby sleep whisperer, but I will say I had one uh, very good. I, I forget if I forget where I read this. I think it was Happiest Baby on the Block that you should put your babies to bed sleepy but not asleep. Yeah, that's happy. I think that is Happiest Baby. Right, rock them, love them, get them nice and cozy. They're almost there they fall asleep on their own because then they will very quickly learn to do that at two o'clock in the morning they'll open their eyes they'll look around and you haven't as you said if you if, if you want to rock them to bed every time if you want to teach them that then they will quickly be like okay that's how it goes um but if you teach them the routine of i'm almost sleepy that 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 works pretty well yeah Babies, we could do nine hours on getting babies to sleep and what works and what doesn't work. But basically, I think those are a lot of good ideas. And it's kind of just, I feel like it's mentally healthy for me. To, I remember having babies and thinking, okay, we made it till seven o'clock now. Get the lavender soap out. Start playing Beautiful Boy by John Lennon. And it's time for the bath and the swaddling up and the laying down. And, you know, it just... It just, that framework was so useful for us. It just made me feel every day like, and I would often open my eyes at 7 a.m., 6.30, whatever it was, 5.45, and think, I can't make it until 7 p.m. tonight. There's no way I'm going to make it. <laughs> I still do that. But, exactly, but it at least it gives you, I mean, it, it, that's the case of the 2 a.m. toddler where you just think it, it's just endless, you know? There's no release date. You're not getting out. You're just scratching numbers on the wall, and there's no, you're not getting anywhere. Well, you, f- you feel like it's endless. I mean, my, my youngest, she's 10 now, and when she was one and a half, would still be every night in the middle of the night, well, are you, mommy, yelling down the hall, and I'd go down the hall and say, you're going to go right to bed. And I wouldn't, you know, and I would, first I would stand in the doorway, then I would stand outside the doorway, then I stopped going at all, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And just like her wailing like a banshee and waking her brothers. And you just, when you're in it, you feel like this will never change. And I don't remember what night it stopped, but it stopped. It gets yeah. better. It will stop. It'll stop. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about little kids, like sort of grade school age. Okay. Here's the thing about this age group, I think. My my mother-in-law has a, a habit that I love of sort of making up words for things. Mm-hmm. Like remember that remember that book Sniglet? Was it Rick mm, yeah. Moranis? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Oldie Locksing. <laughs> no, it wasn't Rick Moranis. It was the guy from not necessarily the news. His name was also Rick, I think. <laughs> okay, so a Sniglet is literally no one knows a what we're word talking about. It, I think those were things you didn't think had names, like the little plastic thing on the end of a shoelace, which is called an aglet. I remember because I had a Smiglet mm. book. I asked for it for Christmas. Um, things that, that you didn't know had, had names, but do. 
Uh, in my mother-in-law's case, it's things that that she gives made-up names to, which are definitely only made up by her. But but when you stop and think but about it, really, they something. should have names. Yeah. Well, there's like they always say that in German, it's like that feeling that you get when you're lying awake, like revisiting an argument you had earlier in the day is like schlafwagenacken or whatever. Like they have a word for everything in German. Yes. So this is this is her version of this. So she's and she's Italian. So she says that when little little kids at bedtime, the problem is they all have scuminicas. And sometimes she calls them scumines if she's feeling very (laughs) Italian. Rushed. And scuminicas is a very useful word. And scuminicas is the kid that's like, I don't like the pink toothbrush. I only like the kind. Right. And right. Like, and you have to read two stories and you have to turn around three times and knock on the floor and like and just the stuff that right. kids do, which they all do to some extent. Some of them start yanking your chain and then there's, you know, some kids have more scuminicas than others. But yeah. all of them have... There are things that they want to do, which can be annoying. But I, but as I reflect on it, I think, well, it's it is in a way they're yearning to continue routines, sort of security yes. and safety. And this is what I need to do before bedtime. You have to say goodnight to Bunny. Also, you could say goodnight yes. to each of my bunnies. My 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 daughter has a whole family of stuffed bunnies that like it's like lights out, lights out. But first, let me just arrange. Well, this one's the mommy, so he has to be next to this one. And I'm like, oh my god, like just turn out the light. But 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 it's her. It's her own routine that she's starting to find for herself. This is what I do before I go to bed. Uh, you have to enable them to some extent. We have discussed this again and again, and it's true in this case as it is for so many things. Routines help mom and kid. They're really useful for both people because they're helpful for us because we get the feeling of, okay, seven o'clock, I've finished my day. I live through another one. At least we get to start the bedtime ritual and it's almost over. But for kids, very importantly, it, it ha- the routine has a very soothing feeling to it. We have a ongoing fight in our house because I have two boys and a girl. And so my boys share a room and my girl sleeps by herself. Same thing at our house. What, what a you know, yeah, that's that right. Sore topic that is. I know. And my daughter constantly says in the most heartbreaking way, but mommy, I don't want to sleep lonely. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I'll sleep with you forever. And my husband drags her, drags me out of the room. But she doesn't like to sleep lonely. If our and sons- I understand it. But I think the bedtime routine helps. I get in bed with her. We cuddle down. We read a book. We have a song that we sing every night together. Um, you know, she has playtime with her brothers in their room and then she goes down to her own room and then she gets special time kind of with me. And again, this is a fading away a little bit now. She's five and is she five or six? I think, I she's, think five. she's five. She's five. <laughs> Thank you. She's five. Uh, but it's not, I mean, all when time. she was littler. That's a, sorry, that's an all time classic outtake. Oh gosh, I know. It's like, could you, Amy, could you tell me how old my, and her name is, um, it, she doesn't need it as much, but when we moved to the new house, she had her first, and she, her room is kind of funny. It's like down a hallway, so she kind of is really, she does sleep lonely. She's by herself kind of on this one little end of the house. And those routines and, and going through the routine and, and, and having something that we can go back to on a bad night makes bedtime a lot easier. It cuts down on the negotiations. So my kids are, are, are very good about going to bed generally, but when my youngest was seven, and she's the youngest, and sometimes you, you know, you let the youngest along on adventures that maybe they shouldn't go along on. 
So we watched for family movie night, Edward Scissorhands, which is PG, which is supposed to be fine. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Classic scary. Mistake. But to a seven-year-old, she that Edward Scissorhands was going to come in the window of our apartment on a pretty high floor and get her became the great animating focus of her uh, every single bedtime and so that well you if we go down this path you are going to have to pay for my divorce attorney because we're going to open up a bitter wound in my marriage which is that the scary movie idea i went away for a weekend and my husband showed all my kids including my five-year-old jurassic park (laughs) jurassic park and that took you know six months to recover from and then just a month ago, my kids have gotten super into Michael Jackson, and he showed them the Thriller video. And every, it's still like every third bedtime, my daughter's like, that video really creeped me out, Mom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's pretty creepy. Yeah, the, the, the half-life of these uh, movies. Oh, they are, really um, come back you on think you. They repeat. Scary? Yeah, so that, that's yeah. probably some good advice. Don't, don't let anybody... My, my, one of my kids... Uh, aunts thought it was a good idea to watch What Lies Beneath with them, and when I was like, seriously, what? Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer? No, no, I think it's Mike. I think it's Michael. Oh, J. it's Fox, a shark movie. Like a, no, 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 it's like a poltergeist, like something under the bed movie. Oh, and she was like, well, it was on TV, so the bad parts were cut out. I'm like, oh my god. So that, yeah, we paid and paid for that one too. But but so when you hit those, I think you have the randomest movie where Harrison Ford poisons Michelle Pfeiffer. I feel like that might also be called What Lies Beneath. But anyway. <laughs> Hit me well, up on we'll, Facebook, we'll facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast if you know what movie I'm talking about. We, we can link to to both of those movies as things you shouldn't watch with your children. But anyway, so so in the but in those moments, you just have to put a little bit more routine in place. So for the Edward Scissorhands issue, um <laughs> the she, Edward Scissorhands issue. She had learned about a, her guardian angel at you know, church, like at Sunday school. And she really liked the idea of that. So she drew a picture of her guardian angel for February. She was going to have a different guardian angel for each month, like calendar Smart. girl. Solid. Um, and so, so, and it stayed next to her bed for a long time. Of course, and of course, in the end, we didn't need a March guardian angel. The February one kept working until we oh, forgot it was there. Good. But she Were was there ever any battles between the guardian angel and Edward Scissorhands? I, I would like to see that. I think so, but, but maybe, maybe, maybe she was asleep. So the guardian angel was right next to her bed. We'd look at her every night and we'd say goodnight to her. And then I had a special pillow spray that I, you know, like a yes. lavender pillow spray. And I sprayed this and like, this is the good dreams spray. This is the night night spray. And I just like put a few more you know with kids at that age and this is from the happiest toddler on the block which is another great book that kids skipped it kids it's a great book kids kids at this sort of he talks about how he calls it ontology recapitulates phylogeny which means that the (laughs) you loved this book yes that it means that the uh, evolution of the specific mirrors the evolution of the species so that a one-year-old baby is like a caveman and a five-year-old is like kind of like middle ages. And like a seven-year-old is like this. They like move through human history as they move through their own development. And so a five to seven-year-old is very middle ages. So they st- so a picture of a guardian angel and a little magic spray was really all it took. Yeah. So, so take advantage of their sort of magical thinking that they still have at that age. And, and that's why bedtime routine isn't really important for that age group too because – it just is very comforting for kids who start to have anxiety around bedtime. And same thing with my daughter is that after the, I believe Jurassic Park episode, let's not open, you know, 
painful chapters in our history, but she was scared. Dinosaurs were going to get her. She couldn't sleep. And, um, and also <laughs> not for my sake was going to like kindergarten and being like, and the guy gets eaten by a T-Rex on the potty. I was like, okay, uh, stop talking about this movie at school. And, uh, <laughs> But at bedtime, again, I just invented the thing of like, if I kiss you in the middle of the forehead, that's the magic kiss that keeps bad dreams away. Whatever those right. things are, you just start to find little routines that are, and they really work and they're really comforting for kids. And then you have some touchstones. So when your kid wakes up at three o'clock in the morning and wants to get in your bed, you're like, oh, you don't need to get in my bed. Remember the magic kiss always works. Here it is. Go back to sleep. Right. Goodbye. Right. And- I do think a lot of bedtime routine is a authority battle. It's a, it's a true kind of like rebellion about who's in charge of the house. And I find it is one area where I, I find myself large and in charge and fairly authoritarian. And that keeps everybody where they're supposed to be. Well, it's, it's not a question when you wake up at one o'clock in the morning where you're going. And the kids know that. And again, if, if I felt that their absolute comfort was at stake and I thought they would do better coming into my bed to sleep for a little while, fine. But I don't. And so my choice is you're staying where you are. It's eight o'clock. It's lights out and there's no more talking. It's non-negotiable. Right. Right. And if you have and if you need to, if you're somebody who's been kind of a pushover about that stuff and you'd like to put more of structure in, that's when, as you and I always like to say, use the alarm on your phone. You can argue with mom, but you can't argue with the quacking duck that says it's teeth brushing time. Right. Or or a chart that they can take ownership of. Again, like my kids until older than I would have thought were pretty happy to follow the you know, teeth, brush, pajamas on, story time, kind of laid out, clear expectations. They comfort kids. And oh, I mean, we, we're in the point them. now where like between teeth brushing, stories, prayer, reading, songs, I'm like, can we cut this thing back a little bit already? <laughs> yeah. You guys are like nine, seven, and however the hell, heck old you are. Um, all right, well, we have talked a lot about sleep. And we are way past due for a break. Oh, okay. Let's do it. We get, yeah, because when we get back, we need to talk about big kids because there's issues there too. Oh, yeah. We definitely need to talk. And we, we may have more to say about toddlers, babies, and middle kids too, but sure. lots more on sleep after this break. Enjoy this comedy bit. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. 
Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. So kids, it's bedtime, but you're totally not tired. I need a glass of water. No, honey, I already gave you water. Go to bed. But are your tired old bedtime tricks just not yielding the same results? There's a monster under my bed. No, there's not. Go to sleep. You've got band tomorrow. It might be time to freshen up those nighttime avoidance skills using these practical tips. Make it urgent. Mom, I am definitely going to barf. I'll be right off. I'm just grabbing the bucket. Play it cool under the blanket with a flashlight. Good lord, have you been reading this whole time? It's almost 10 p.m. Pump up the volume. I'm not even tired. And if all else fails, go big, go bold, go for the heartstrings. Mommy, I'm not trying to bother you. I just want to cuddle before I'm too big to fit in your bed anymore. Oh, get in here. Oh, sunrise, sunset. It's bedtime, kids. And that means it's time to raise your game. I think my pet tarantula got loose. Amy, you know what's hard? 
Oh my gosh. What? What's hard, Margaret? <laughs> well, there's a lot that's right hard, now. Amy, in this hard, hard this... world of ours. But one of the things that's hard is finding clothes. Mm, why? My daughter, my daughter particularly, she dresses kind of like a lunatic. Like She doesn't have a problem dressing herself, but there are well, related issues. She doesn't have a problem pulling clothes onto her body. That in that in that way she doesn't have a problem dressing herself. But like this morning I sent her to school in a pink taffeta ball gown. And I make an excuse every day, like, well, listen, she just dresses herself. It's what she wants to wear. But one of the problems is once you've committed to the taffeta ball gown, nothing matches. Like the leggings all have like dump trucks on them. And it really gets to a point where the outfit is more of a cry for help than an outfit. Yeah. It sounds like what you need is some like quality basics that don't have dump trucks or sparkles on them that she could wear underneath the ball gown. And it could just streamline the whole look just a little bit. (laughs) Amy. Amy, it almost seems like you know where I'm going with this. I love solving your problems. You do. And you do it so because well. Our sponsor for this week, Primary, yes. is a two-mom-owned company that has that. these modern classics. Like the, the, the hoodie, the, the long sleeve t-shirt, the short sleeve t-shirt, the leggings. And they're always available and they're always at reasonable prices. And they are just the clothes in primary and colors. And they're only in one color. No, no, they're in every color. But I mean, oh, oh. at a time. <laughs> per item. That's my problem. Per item is one color. There's a lot of colors color. available, but only one at a time. Yes. yes. So if you... the taffeta orange ball gown goes on and we put some nice, you know, single color leggings on it, it takes down the lunatic factor. That's what I'm saying for myself. We're basic. Not bad basic. Kids say basic now like it's bad. We're like, let's keep it simple. We've got enough problems. That's what That's we are. That's right. Um, and, and, and since you're going to clearly go order something now anyway you're going to use our link because you're also going to get 20% off if you do that you ready for the link I'm ready it's bit.ly slash primary fresh that's bit.ly forward slash primary fresh you better hurry up because I'm going to go right now and order like a dozen pairs of navy leggings to go under my daughter's feeding uniform. Feeding frenzy over there, primary. <laughs> feeding frenzy. Get to it, people. Okay, we're back and we are talking about bedtime. Bedtime. Well, before we get to the big kids, because this applies to big kids and younger kids, there's a sort of clear indication from the research for all of us, speaking of tips that are useful for us, that turning off screens about an hour before bed is really important to uh, activating the night-night time feelings in your young children. So do your kids have any screens in their bedrooms? Oh, you know, they do, but they're not supposed to. My, my youngest one, no. My right. older two, hey, remember Teens, we talked about this? Teens, I don't even this? know, yeah. At bedtime, they, they dock their phones in the kitchen. Okay, so they don't they don't have them. My in ninth rooms. grader sometimes he has it up in his room, and I'm like, hey, remember this? But he's he's a he um he stays up later than me. That's right. the, that's the thing about older kids that I wanted to talk about. So I have a seventh grader and a ninth grader. So when you're saying how like seven seven p.m. begins the bedtime routine, we're hours from that. It's it's ten o'clock, and I'm saying to them, guys, I am so tired can you just promise me that you're going to wrap this up and go to bed and they stay up later later than I do yeah well that's right and and you you would think that if they were old enough to do that they would be old enough to understand this the idea of like hmm this tired feeling I have you know it would work if I turn out the lights and went to bed but no they're kind of psyched about staying up and so uh you have to stay up later than you want through a lot of high school I would just get I don't know what the heck I was doing, but I would stay up until midnight or one o'clock and then 
have to be dragged by the claws out of bed in the morning and be a miserable bear and it was horrible. I mean, it was, and, and, and I still, I mean, I've always had that problem. If, if I didn't have kids now, I, my natural schedule would be to stay awake until one or two and sleep until 10 o'clock in the morning. That's my perfect kind of, that's, those are my perfect hours. My 14 year old is definitely getting, you know, the same amount or a little bit less of sleep a night than I do. And he's supposed to have more and he's yeah. in a growth spurt and he's working really hard, but it's, it's, it is actually hard for them to do all the stuff they're supposed to be doing. But is there anything you bed. can do about that? I mean, how much agency do you have over how much your 14-year-old sleeps? Well, you got to have some, right? Or else you will stay up until one o'clock right. in the morning. So, um, I, I, you know, I just, I try to, I try to model good behavior. I try to say like, okay, I'm going to put the phone away now because it's 10 o'clock. Oh, and, and I actually, I have a, I, I use the Fitbit to, which, you know, I enjoy it to track my steps and whatever and my right. health, but I also use it to track my sleep. And I have found that it makes me want to go to bed because mm. it gives me a little star if I get eight hours of sleep and it doesn't if I don't. My and- husband, every night we go to get in bed, he's like, I just got to go run around the block a couple of times because I haven't finished my <laughs> rings. Like he's got something on his watch. Yeah. Gives him like a little pat on the back. And he's got, he's like you, he's that total... A student type, like if something tells you you're going to get a star and you don't get it, it's like, oh, yeah. my, my watch didn't give me my star. But I've been thinking I might want to get that for my oldest for Christmas to just sort of, it puts it puts in your place. Tim Herrera wrote about this in the New York Times. He said, he talked about tracking your sleep. He talked about an app called Sleep Cycle, which looks pretty cool. I looked it up. I don't use it, but it looks kind of interesting. You just put your phone next to your bed with the microphone on and it like can hear the rustling that you're doing and it shows you when you're in deep sleep. Well, the Fitbit does that too because yeah. what it basically tracks is like you if you roll it. over, you're in light sleep and if you stay completely still, you're in heavy sleep. But the, he says the whole the whole reason to track your sleep because is is because it makes you realize you're probably not getting enough sleep and it makes right. you want to sleep better and more and, and that's good for you and it makes you live longer and so that's that's why I track sleep. So I'm starting to think that that might be a good Christmas present for my for my teenagers to make them want to go to bed. Well, sleep is the ultimate issue for those of us, uh, perhaps me slightly less than you, who have strong instincts to control our situations and our kids' situations. I think sleep can be very difficult to control. And I have, having embattled a lot of insomnia in my life, there is a craziness that it brings into your life where you're just like, the only thing I need, I've gotten so tired, like I can't keep my eyes open and I lay down and it's like, ding, like I have that kind of insomnia where it can be very difficult for me to sleep. And my son has had a bad cough this week and two nights this week, he basically didn't sleep. Like it, it, I think we also, maybe we gave him a cough medicine that had some sort of stimulant in it, but I went up to sleep with him because he was coughing so badly. It sounded like he was going to throw up. Like he had that horrible croupy cough. So I said, I'm going to go up and just lay down with him. And he was up all night and it was just driving me crazy. Like he would get up and start playing with toys. Like he was <laughs> wide awake all night. What, what crazy, crazy person would make a cough medicine with a stimulant? And like, I don't, I may be making that? it up. I don't even even know but whatever something in this cough medicine triggered something in his brain or it because was he was bound or something something or, right or maybe just the cough was bad enough that it was keeping him awake mm-hmm. and he was finally like all right never mind i'm gonna stay up but um i kept saying you have to lie down it's the middle of the night it's 1 30 in the morning and he'd say okay and he would come and lie down but i could just tell from the way he was wriggling around the bed like he he 
could not settle himself. There's not a worst feeling in the world, is there? Oh, I'm like, I'm just lying so here. I can't bad. sleep. I can't oh, sleep. I hate and it. And that's when ritual, the other night I could, I had, I had some insomnia. I couldn't sleep and I got up and I did a 10 minute meditation on the couch yeah. and then went back to sleep on the couch. That changing, changing your location works, but you don't want to be telling your nine year old, go, go sleep downstairs for a while. Cause then he'll just, I don't know what, he'll probably won't sleep at all. Right. It'll just be, just be early daytime. Right. That, oh, once you go downstairs, it's like, oh, wait, wait, it's morning time. Let me get on my screens and do my thing. No way. It's hard. It's uh, hard to oversee their sleep when, and you're lying there next to him exhausted, right? Just oh, can you please go to bed. So tired. And uh, that is another thing that has changed um, sleep in our house a little bit is that my kids used to have like when they woke up in the morning they would come down and they could get on ipads or whatever and i realized especially for my oldest that he was waking up at like five and it's like the first time he stirred in the morning the first thought would come into his head i can go get the ipad and so he would jump out of bed at 5 a.m and come down and do it and so we did we cut out screens in the morning and now they sleep a lot better so that's, that's you know, a really like, good one. I, I, hadn't, I had forgotten about that, but right, they getting got, to stay in bed in the morning is a huge part of, of, of good sleep. Yeah, and they make those, those they make all sorts of clocks that are like, it's a sun and a moon, and if it's <laughs> on like, the moon. Mine kept breaking. I kept I ordered like three of them because they kept breaking, but it was we kind of working. We never got them, but I made, yeah. a si- I made a sign for their, um, for their uh, like digital alarm clock because of, of the sun yeah. and the moon when I book, and, and it just was like seven equals smiley sun, six right. equals, you Go know, Go back to bed. Moon. Yeah. That's, it's everyone in our house. We got it from our cousins. What time can I come down? 7.00, 7.00. That's when you come down. I even taped it over so they only saw the first number. Nice. You know, they don't, it's not if there's a seven somewhere. Don't get in into the, 6.52. Right, yeah, 5.47 no. isn't sun time. No, it's, it's, they, it was only the first number and it was a six or a seven. And, and I think I had to put a five on there at some point too. Like, oh, by the way, five is also definitely bad. And the other thing is your routine doesn't adjust. I mean- in the summertime, often my kids go to sleep at eight o'clock and it's often still light outside. And this summer, my son said to me, why are we going to sleep during the daytime? And I said, oh, it's not day. It's actually eight o'clock at night. Go to bed. You know, you can read a little longer and the days may stretch a little bit, but basically, and that's where the thing that I hear most from parents is my kids can't sleep when it's this. My kids don't like to this, da, da, da. Try to start the sentence with my rules are <laughs> versus my kids won't, right? My kids won't. In so many things, my, and I do it, my, my kids won't eat potatoes. They just don't like them. We served mashed potatoes last night. People, they ate them. They mm-hmm. did not like them, but they ate them. You know, it's easy to fall into that thing of like, oh, my kids won't eat anything spicy. My kids won't sleep. My kids won't sleep past 4 a.m., if you can try to flip that script back onto yourself and give yourself the agency in the situation, just see how well that works for you. You sometimes you have to withstand pressure from from very well-meaning relatives too. I remember when my when the two boys were oh, little, well-meaning relatives, well-meaning relatives. You know, and like Chris, you know, Christmas at Grandma's house, and the and the aunts are saying it's seven o'clock. Why are you putting them to bed? It's Christmas right. time. Come right. on. And my, I remember my husband saying. It's their bedtime. If like, but we want to see them, and he's like, we're, "We'll be up tomorrow at six a.m. Why don't you come over? You can at see seven? us. Come on right. over. Yeah, have, I'll, I'll get. I'll go get us all coffee. Come, right. Get, why don't you get up early if you want to see these kids? That's when they are absolutely at their best, starting at six oh one a.m. And the flip side of that is, 
having built the routines and structures really well, like I found we had a difficult summer for a lot of reasons and my kids were eating so much takeout food and my husband was kind of on on his own with a lot of stuff and it was pizza and takeout food every night. And I remember thinking I've lost all the work we did mm. on dinner time behavior and eating new foods and da da da. And September came and I got back into my routine and we're fine. Like if you build if you build the structure, the structure is always there. So in summertime, you know, the one week we go up to the lake and it's light until nine o'clock, like maybe we will let them run around the yard until nine o'clock at night. And then usually what happens is we have one day where we're like, it's 630 bedtime because everyone's cranky and tired and we kind of try to catch them up. But having a firm structure allows you to improvise in a way that we never know when bedtime is. It's every night's a crapshoot. It doesn't allow for that. I mean, it, I guess it allows for it every day. But once you build the structure, you can also take a, a couple little off-roads off a of departure. it. departure. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's an interesting study. I do want to bring up a study back to the adolescents because I thought this one was really studies, interesting. love your studies, Amy. This yes. is a good one. This, was, this just came out. It was in Sleep Health magazine, which I also get. I have... <laughs> In my house, I'm so I, frightened. I have piles of sleep magazine. Do you get and piles cat of fancy health. too? Sleep and sleep health magazine. It's just architectural digest and sleep and sleep health and piles. <laughs> frightened for your um, magazine. What does your magazine it, collection? It talked about the relationship, about the relationship between their phones and sleep, which is like you know, duh, we don't have to be told that the, if they're on their phones, they're not sleeping. But this was a little bit different. It, it suggested that the more kids text their friends the less they sleep, but the more time they spend in real life with their friends and family members, the more they sleep. Yeah. That actually face-to-face -face engagement makes your adolescent sleep more and better. Now, there's probably other things at work, right? Kids who have more face-to-face -face engagement have more uh, hands-on parents at home or whatever. Maybe correlation is not causation, but, but the... Um, <laughs> encouraging your kid to put down the phone and have a conversation with you might make them sleep better that night. Oh, it's so true. And it's another example of this is true for us as well. I just went through, I'm really on this program now where I'm trying to break myself of my bad phone habits. And I had gotten into a mode after difficult summer where I just feel like I had a fairly low level of functioning and I would put the kids in bed and I would like jump into bed, pull the covers up and just be on my phone. Like mm -hmm. nonsense. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Scroll, scroll, scroll. And trying to keep up with the minutia of all the political stuff going on and just kind of going down this rabbit hole every night of the only time I feel comforted is being in bed under the covers, refreshing Twitter, basically. And I realized, oh wait, that actually on some fundamental level is not making me feel good. It's making me feel good in the way that like drinking six beers or like eating a giant plate of mozzarella sticks with ranch dressing on top. Like it does kind of make me feel good, but not really. Mm -hmm. And I had to really pull myself out of that digital swamp that I was in. And I've really made a habit of like turning off my phone, putting it away. I read a novel, my first novel in like four months. Yeah. Um, I did the New York Times crossword puzzle yesterday. Like there are ways to not engage with digital stuff every time. Somehow for me, it became this thing of like downtime means I'm on my phone in bed. That's my downtime and I need my downtime. And it really resonates for me with the kids too. Like they get a little bit the same way. Like when we get home, can we have screens, screens? And w you have to fight against that habit of the role that those screens are playing and how it relates to your sleep. 
it sounds to me like you are following for yourself what the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends. <laughs> I try to. For a bedtime routine. I'm trying to give up thumb sucking next. Margaret, is your bedtime routine brush book bed? Because that is <laughs> what they <laughs> think it should be. It's brush bed book. Because <laughs> right. I have to read my book in bed. <laughs> right. Brush book bed and and not flossing because I'm just going to be I that has just gone down the hole of like if I want my kids to go to bed before an hour after their bedtime we can't floss I don't know how to I don't know how to fit that in we don't floss it's so bad someone's going to invent something to save our teeth right because I don't floss I can't and my you know my daughter's teeth are starting to like completely overlap over each other but that's not floss no but every day at two I'm like I gotta she got a floss between there and then every night at nine nine ten I'm like just turn the light my kids are like my my kids mouths are like old graveyards you know like every tooth is coming in at a different direction (laughs) and it doesn't look pretty oh yes so the doctor bills are heading our way so brush maybe floss and book in bed I used to read to my older two and I read I read to my youngest now unfortunately because 9 p.m when I'm rushing to get her for lights out is when I have mom mom can you come look at this? I have two right. You're older doing kids who need with help with too. homework. Right. So so she actually listens to Audible. She does like 10 or 15 minutes of an Audible book before bed. That's a good idea. You know, we just, my oldest is a strong reader, but he struggles with what they call silent reading. Like he could read any book if he's reading it out loud to me, but he struggles to silent read. Like read just sit, uh-huh. read to himself in bed. And... As a result of the three-kid bedtime routine, that's become more and more an important part of our day. And it's become a little bit of his thing of like, this is beginning your 20 minutes of reading. And I st- I see him in bed and he still kind of um, reads it out loud to himself. Mm-hmm. Like I can see him, but it's kind of nice because he needs that discipline. And it's just a factor of the fact that we don't have time to pay attention to him, but it's kind of coming into his life a little bit more. The thing of like, oh, you sit and read quietly now. Right. And, and he accepts that. That's great. And... He has a Kindle. Um, my dad got him a Kindle for Christmas. And I do find like he brings that with him now. Uh, at times where he, like whatever, one kid has a soccer game. I have to be somewhere. So dad has to take all the kids to watch a soccer game. He started bringing his Kindle now and he'll read. Whereas he used to be like, can I borrow your phone? And I'm going to like play Looney Tunes Dash or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Kindle is kind of coming in a little bit more, which is nice to see. So that's good. So he's building. He's old enough that he's starting to figure out his own routine. Or just yeah. like for my daughter, she's got to put the 17 bunnies in place and then she listens to 10 minutes of Harry Potter part seven and then she's ready for bed and Uh and she's so happy with that routine that even though it delays bedtime 10 minutes more I'm like okay great because you know what I have to be down the hall now like I said so so uh, helping them figure out how to coax themselves to bed is I guess well, it's like cool. you said. It's like you said back back about the baby sleepy. What is it? Sleepy but not asleep. I sleepy mean, sleepy but not asleep. That's, that's right. how you should leave leave them too. You know, I mean, it's it's. Um, my kids do Cub Scouts, and we were saying in I think it's fifth grade, but like the parents come out totally from Cub Scouts in I think the fifth, maybe it's sixth grade, but, and then the boys run it themselves, and it's like, it's kind of a nice metaphor for parenting, like. You run a lot of stuff for them and then figure out when you can start coming out of this stuff. And when they can start going up and being like, I'm going to take a hot shower, brush my teeth, read for a half an hour and then fall asleep. Like, ah, right. sleepy, but not asleep. Those, that's, a, that's a golden, golden day. And to the parents of young children listening, there will come a day when you will say to all of your children, go upstairs, take a shower, get your pajamas on. And come back downstairs and it will happen. I'm 0 for 3 on that still, by the way. (laughs) 
I have nine, seven, and five, and I'm zero for three. You might have to say it a few times. Well, I, I have to. I don't have to bathe. The my shower is still. Uh, yeah, I still have to. I still have to supervise. I mean, he's just nine. He's he just turned nine from eight. So, but he's yeah. I mean. Otherwise, the shower would just be like, turn on the water for two seconds and get back out. Like, I have to be like, wash the pits, wash the bits, you know, like, let's go. I have to supervise the whole pits, thing. Pits, bits, brush, book, bed. <laughs> exactly. That's our takeaway for this episode. There you go. That's bedtime rituals. Like many things, when you give advice, people think, uh, well, you don't know my kid. It's like, well, we don't know your kid, but bedtime rituals and routines work and you are in charge. And they're worth having. I mean, if there's, worth one, if there's one thing the research agrees on is that the rituals make your kids sleep better. So it's worth doing the work to figure out what's the, uh, you know, magical alarm clock setup that's going to work for you. Don't give And up. there's lots of things about sleep you cannot control. You cannot actually control when your child falls asleep and when they wake up. You, you really can't. But the more controls you put around bedtime, nighttime, and sleeping, the better chance your kid has of getting a good night's sleep. And let's say more importantly, the better chance you have of getting a good night's sleep. Which is really what it's all about. Oh, people, come on. Nothing comes between me and my sleep. I'm already thinking about my cozy bed later tonight. I know. We just had a really cold rainstorm in New York, and I was just like, oh, bedtime. I was in bed with the rain falling, and I was all cozed down. I had my little heating pad under me. I do love my bed. It's good. It's good. So so get them more sleep and you'll get yourself more sleep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've solved it, I people. think we solved that. We want to know, what are your bedtime struggles? If you have them, that's you what we're here them. for. Come we're going to figure it out. You can- Come see us in, on Facebook. We're at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast. And we're on Twitter at WFH podcast. And you can also go to our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com. And we'll put up links. Oh, all yeah. All the people we talk to. Links we'll to the put studies. Up- I love my baby studies. Baby wise, happiest baby. St- Amy's studies. You know, listen, guys, Amy tries really hard. She really researches. She looks up these studies. She subscribes to Sleep and Sleep Well magazine, and, so you don't have to. I'm, so please I, come to the website and at least click on her stuff. And I, otherwise, I'm going to put up our affiliate link to audible.com too, because we you can you can get a free month of Audible on with our Audible link. It'll be on our show page, and uh, it's it's great i kind of love it i gotta do that i gotta try audible well you want to hear it my kiddo would like that in case you're driving listening it's audibletrial.com slash what fresh hell you go to that i'm gonna sign up myself it's good it's really good because i haven't tried that with my kids audiobooks that sounds really appealing and we will see you guys uh for our next episode thanks for listening Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. 
Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks.